You are listening to The Sports Villain with Jason, Jimmy, and Tim. Hello, Tim. Jimmy, you on the line? Yes, sir. We're both here, man. Hi, buddy. Uh, Well, welcome to The Sports Villain. Today, I'm finally joined with all three of us. We got myself, Jason Boone. Tim Cash and Jimmy O'Neill on the line, who make up the tripod of the sports villain. Villain, uh, welcome, Jimmy. How you doing, buddy? I'm, uh, I'm loving life. I'm at the Golden Nugget right now, getting ready to go downstairs and make some money. At the Nugget, living the life, living the dream. Where are you? You're over at the Red Rock, right? I'm not at Red Rock yet, but I will be there with <laughs> momentarily. Uh, I am uh, in the comfort of my my uh, apartment here, uh, running our little podcast, getting ready to talk about some of these games coming up. Um, before I talk about the games, uh, Jimmy, what do you feel like you're going to bring to the sports villain? Well, I like to talk about the betting angles. I don't really think of it as the, which player is best. Uh, like a perfect example, look at uh, the Cowboys, you know, their number one offense uh the number nine defense and yet they're eight and eight. So there's other things. And I like to look at the weather and the injuries and the guy's girlfriend, he beats up. Oh, I didn't mean to jump ahead to, to uh, uh, Jameis Winston, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I just like to look at it from a different angle. You know, you guys are more, uh, uh, I think linear and logical. And I like to look at uh, outside influences like yesterday, all the weather in the um, Boston college game. And that was an easy, easy hit with the the under. Hell yeah, I, I like that too. I uh, I think we got a long off season with no football, and we're going to talk a lot of shit about pretty much anything we want: boxing matches, UFC games, uh, matches, hockey, baseball. I know you're going to want to talk a little bit about baseball, but we have a lot of off season stuff to talk about. Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati, um, and we'll talk. Uh, Talk a lot of trash about coaches and players and Jameis Winston. Should he stay? Should he go? You know, we got lots of stuff to talk about, don't we, Tim? Oh, yeah, baby. You know it. All right. Well, uh, I got a little outline for us to start this call with. Um, I wanted to start talking about a little bit about these week 17 games, just how we kind of wrap the season up. And uh, the first thing I wanted to kind of jump into, you know, me and Tim's uh, home team, uh, the Bucks, how we finished the season over there and Jameis Winston. Um, God, what a way to finish the season, throwing a pick six in overtime, Jameis <laughs> Winston, to dump the last game against our division rival, the Atlanta Falcons, week 17. Uh, we go into overtime. Thank God, somehow we go into overtime and – what is it? First play of overtime? Boom. Pick six. It's over. Very, Very first play. Climatic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he went awesome. out in typical Winston fashion. <laughs> and, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, and if signs, that was one. And, and I've been trying to defend the guy, you know, this whole time. And he goes, and when I just think he can't get any worse, you go and do something like that. <laughs> Yep, and he totally shit right on your front doorstep. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I was never really impressed with him. I mean, I have to admit, I'm not a, uh, as as up on the Bucks as you guys are, but uh, he's never really brought them much success. Uh, just when they look did, legit. Did you hear what Bruce Arians said? Bruce Arians on a press conference after that game, they they, they I forget what the actual uh, reporter said to him, but his reply was, "Oh, if we can win with this quarterback, we can win with any quarterback." Damn right. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) So, so Arians wasn't exactly endorsing Winston at the end of uh, 17, but uh, I think he's supported Winston all year and he stood behind his quarterback and for him to finally kind of throw him under the bus after week 17. I think that's fine. But at this point, how can you really move on with Mm -hmm. both Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston Tim you got to get rid of one of them right or you just look like a like an idiot there is absolutely no reason whatsoever to get rid of Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and Byron Lefwich none whatsoever the problem is not those coaches there's a big I think they've done a good job I think they've done a great job they've definitely done a great job we had the number one run defense in the NFL this year I mean that's a huge turnaround right there we're still giving up more uh, more yards with the cornerbacks and the safeties. Um, so obviously we need to focus our attention in the draft and in the off season with picking up some players like that. We also need some offensive line help, but at the end of the day, this is not on the coaches. The coaches did not throw 30 interceptions. It was James Winston. Now on a different note, um, I was very sad to hear that a part of our Buccaneer history, uh, Sam Weish died yesterday. Yeah. And uh, he was a key component to building that Buccaneers team that won the Super Bowl. He, he was actually responsible for drafting John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, yep. who were key components to us winning that Super Bowl. And then everybody talks about, Oh, well, Tony Dungy built that Super Bowl team that John Gruden won with. Well, actually, actually, if you look at it, it looks like Sam Weiss started building that team long before Tony Dungy stepped in. God, he, well, he's 74, yeah, right? He, he, uh, he coached a pretty long, long career and had, had a pretty awesome life. He was known for going against the grain, doing things that were very uh, questionable. Yep. And uh, in Tampa, I think he got kind of shunned for that a little bit because I remember as a kid, like just crazy things happening in Bucks games. It would be the last play. It would be the last quarter, fourth down. We'd go for it or something crazy would happen. Or why are we throwing the ball? We should be running it. And there's a pick six in the last two minutes. Like that was just typical for any Bucks game back in the day when we were wearing the, the bright orange. This weird, crazy things would happen, and you'd be going, "Why, why, why? No, God, why?" <laughs> uh, you remember that, Tim? Yeah, uh, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember all of that. You know, the 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 two and twelve season, the zero and fourteen season. You know, God, we were so bad back in the day. In the eighties, we were absolutely terrible. It's like we almost were trying to lose every single game in the second half. And we oh. are in a lot of those games. Yep. Yep. Uh, but- the, the next thing on my list here is the Saints. 
they rolled Carolina last week and uh in Carolina they didn't really have much to uh play for I guess I mean they don't even they didn't know who their coach is going to be I guess they gave up or are the Saints really that good are they going to take that energy and momentum and take it all the way to the Super Bowl what do you think Jimmy well, okay, let's go with my weird way of looking at things. Uh, I think the NFL owes the Saints one, you know. So last year they, they let the Rams win that game on a questionable call. Uh, I also think that they're ready to put up a lot of points this week. Uh, I also think Minnesota will. So I'm afraid of the game from a betting standpoint. I think I'm going to go with the uh, the over and I might tee uh, because a half points is a lot in, the, in an NFL game. But uh, you know, Cousins is a choker in playoff games, and they're playing in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So I totally I, I, agree with you. Win. I totally agree with you, but there is an X factor. Dalvin Cook is going to be on the field, and that Minnesota's offense – is completely different with Dalvin Cook on the field. Well, how on the field is he going to be? I mean, is he injured? I mean, how, is, it, is it like, are they going to trot him out and he'll be good for a quarter? Or? <laughs> well, you never know with Dalvin Cook. Well, that's Dalvin. really the big question mark. That's yeah, the is. big question mark. He looked like he was in some pretty decent pain when he had that shoulder injury. And all it's going to take is one more time to get a good lick into that shoulder that he could come out of the game. So the question really that, is, is yeah. how, how long is Dalvin Cook going to last in this, in this game when, deep, when uh, New Orleans' defense is just on fire right now? So that's a big question mark, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, I think the answer is going to be about a half, about a half. Because well, like you say, I remember James Conner re-injured his shoulder. I had him in my fantasy league. And I saw that first injury, and when he came back – he, you know, he lit it up, 130 yards, touchdown, whatever, and and it was he just landed on the shoulder. All he did was land on the shoulder. It wasn't even a big hit. It just well, I see right here two days done. ago that he has self-proclaimed, "I am going to be at full strength for the Saints game." He says, and he is at full strength, or uh, he he practiced in full on Wednesday as well. So it hmm. sounds like he's good to go to me. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. All it takes is one one or two bad hits, and all of a sudden he's out. Sounds like points to me. Sounds like a lot of points in that game. What do you guys think? Uh, well, let me, what's what's the current line? The over-under was 49 and oh. a half last I looked yeah, at. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. And Count on, just like I said last week with you, Jason, the Saints are going to cover the spread. If I, in my opinion, I think that you should buy down the half a point, make it a cool seven, but there is no way Minnesota is going to be able to hang with New Orleans. I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't believe it. I can't see it. Minnesota didn't look good last week, and don't blame Dalvin Cook. There was more to it than that. I, I understand that a lot of the starters were out, but I'm, th- my opinion, I think the Saints are going to cover, buy it down to make it seven, and watch the Saints. They they're they're just going to roll right over Minnesota. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm going to go with you, Tim. Even though I'm I'm gonna still I'm going to probably tease it. <laughs> All the right. point the over, the over I could see I could see it being twenty to seventeen at halftime, and then and then the Saints just walking away. 
I am going to ponder that note, but I do have some theories on that game that I'm playing. I'm trying to play both sides. And uh, I think it's a great game to to buy the Saints down or tease the Saints or take the money line on the Saints and take the points on the Vikings and hope that it's a seven-point game or less. You might get it up to eight, and then your six-point tease will be 14, and then I could see you playing both sides. Exactly, and I'm even waiting for the line to shift a little bit higher. <clears throat> if it goes to eight and a half, then I can buy a point and a half or I can buy just a half a point and get it nine points on the Vikings. But uh, watch, watch the referees. They're going to be let. They're, 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 their instructions are to let the Saints win. Uh, that's a whole nother phone call that we're going to get into for sure. Is the controversial <laughs> calls with the refs and the the blatant no calls. That's going to be a, a lot of off season discussion we're going to have. You know that the whole replay thing came up as a result of that Saints non call. And they have butchered it so bad. It, it's almost as if they want it to go away. Well, they have. I, you look at it, you see that, and then they don't overturn the call on the field. But you're right; it's for another day. But it's happened in every every game. It happened in the Seattle game. <clears throat> it happened. Yeah. To, you know, Seattle lost that game three times against the 49ers in weeks uh, week 17. Literally three times they lost the game. First time they lost it by in, in the last minute, I'm talking. Just in the last minute, they lost the game three times. Uh, they had the no call by the refs. So the refs lost it for them the first time by not calling the blatant pass interference by the 49ers. Okay, fine. You know, it's the end of the game. I like the fact that the refs don't call everything in the last minute. They let the guys play football. There's a little contact between each player. Fine. Don't call every little thing. But he was getting manhandled okay so there's lots of no calls moving forward right after that i think they are so like starstruck over not getting the call there boom delay a game all right they get moved back five yards all right and then and then they throw that pass and the dude reaches out and he literally misses the goal line by a half of an inch Literally a half inch. They lost the game by an inch. <clears throat> or you can say they lost it themselves on the delay of game. That's but, exactly how they lost the game was due to that delay of game. Yeah. But they if went, they, they went pass from... interference, it's first down on the half yard line. And now he can throw it two or three times towards the end zone. So, well, you know, it's, just, it's, the, it's the Super Bowl all over again <laughs> where, where they decided to pass the ball. On the goal line, except this time they got a delay a game and they, they put Marshawn Lynch in the game. They should have let him run it up the gut. They should have immediately put him out there and they should have run it up the gut just like that. Bam, bam, bam. It should have happened. But I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know why they couldn't get their head out of their ass and actually have that play ready to go from the, from the very get-go because they knew they were on a time crunch. Mismanagement. Uh- Mismanaged. On top of that, there was no sense of urgency when they had the ball right before the half to get downfield and kick that field, try to kick a field. That's exactly right, too. They threw a couple passes, they got a penalty, and they just gave up. And they kicked it, I think. They punted at fourth and one. When I'm thinking I'm down by 13 0 right before the half. And I got four and one to try to to get 
some points on the field, I just go for it, especially if it's a game that it may, mainly it was pay, playoff implications. I know I'm still going to the playoffs. I think I go for it on fourth and one. But, hey, you know, if I go for it on fourth and one and I'm the coach there, I'm the one that's getting all the, the hell of the press conference and the fans and, and everything. So you're a hero right. when you hit. But that's if you goes. miss, yeah, that's, you're that's a life hero. in a nutshell, man. <laughs> So, uh, and I also wanted to talk about this, uh, that Dolphins game. Uh, they beat the Patriots, and Tim called it. He, <laughs> he pointed towards this guy like Babe Ruth and said, I think the Dolphins are going to beat. I wish the I was Patriots. in on that call, but uh, you know I, what? I, don't know exactly I believe what he that. Said, but he I, called I, I would have agreed sure. with Tim. I, I love that uh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick, man. <laughs> he just doesn't seem to care. He's just like, he just doesn't care. He's the most nonchalant player in the NFL. Yeah. That's Not why even, I like him. Yeah. Could you imagine if you had the – yeah, I love Fitz Magic. I wish we would have let Winston go and let him ride the bench the whole yeah. year when Fitz Magic started blowing up for us last year. That was just – I thought it was amazing what he was doing. He came out and he was just tossing touchdowns like he'd been doing it his whole life. And, and he has been a journeyman uh, quarterback his whole life, but I thought it was amazing what he was doing. And then I couldn't believe they pulled him and they put Jameis in and they let Jameis throw five interceptions or maybe six six turnovers in two games. And I'm thinking to myself, oh well, it's an easy call to pull Jameis and put put uh, Fitz Magic back in. Nope, nope. Jameis is our future. We're going to ride with yep. him. Yep, Bruce Arians no wouldn't have done that whatsoever to me. Tim. I know that's what I'm saying. It, Bruce, it, it wasn't that, Bruce, Bruce Arians, Arians would not. Bruce Arians would have done exactly what you said: pull Jameis and put put the hot hand in. I, I I didn't understand the pulling of Fitzpatrick to begin with. You know, yeah, he did have a few turnovers, but you know, let let the guy finish sense. it out. Let let's see what he's got. You know, but and then we, it was just this back and forth. One day it was Jameis, one day it was Fitz, one day it was Jameis. It was like it was just absolute dysfunction. Yeah, that's bad management. You can't you can't do that. You know, Fitz Fitz Magic. He's a gunslinger like Brett Favre was, and that that is a two a uh, two edged coin. You know, you you're gonna get a lot of points. You probably get a lot of turnovers too. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, in the past, you've seen coaches push to make their own moves, and if they fail, boom, they're fired or they're out. Or, you know, they're they're on the chopping block because they made what the public feels or the owners feel was the wrong call. So I guess Bruce Arians is kind of like accepting that deniability. Well, you you made me put Jameis back in, so it's not my fault. Um, so we all like uh, to have deniability at some point yeah. in our life <clears throat> over, yep. over a situation. But moving forward, oh, the, absolutely oh, the, great. The Dolphins, what a game, huh? Yeah. Can, uh, nobody thought they were even going to win a single game. And then all of a sudden, they start lighting it up. They pull Josh, Ro- Josh Rosen, and uh, who may or may not be the future at this point. And Fitzmagic think, comes uh, in and wins a few ahead, games. Go ahead, Jimmy. Huh? No, I was Pretty just cool. going to say, I, I don't see why they would uh, get rid of uh, Fitzmagic. He looks like he's just as good as that. Um, he he was in his heyday. 
Yeah, it really didn't make any sense at all. But but the Dolphins got him, and who knows? He might even get another contract. I, I haven't reviewed what's going on with Fitz, but – but in Fitz, we I'm trust pretty sure that they're going to retain so we, him. We wish he'd come. I back. don't see any reason why they would let him go. Uh, I think Josh Rosen is best fit to be sitting on the bench right now. Uh, you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers; he sat behind Brett Favre for four years. Look how long Tom Brady sat behind Drew Bledsoe. There's nothing wrong with a quarterback sitting behind a veteran quarterback and learning. You know, when you throw these young quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, there's another prime example. Yeah. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with John Rose, Josh Rosen sitting on the bench, watching and learning. Nothing wrong with that. I fully support it. I think Josh Rosen should stay right where he is because he could learn a lot from Fitzpatrick. I completely agree with you. And uh, with that said, maybe the Bengals should retain Andy Dalton and still draft Joe Burrow. Let Joe Burrow ride the bench behind a veteran at least five or six games, you know, before they throw him to the wolves. How many times do you see a, a rookie quarterback uh, start week one in the NFL and get hit from every, every angle? The game is too fast for them. They don't know the play. Lamar Jackson sat behind Joe Flacco until he started to shit the bed. Then they put Lamar Jackson in. Exactly. That's just smart football. You know, if you got a veteran quarterback and you're bringing in a rookie, you, you make them sit until you really feel yeah, like they're ready. Lot. That's or you end up lot. ruining their career. Yeah. Johnny, who knows? Johnny Maybe Ryan Lee. Who was that guy from made. Oakland? The big black guy. Uh, he was a stud in college. And he, he was quarterback for Oakland. He was he was out of football within one year. Uh, uh, brain fart. Yeah, I, I know who you're yeah, talking anyway. about. I, I so, yeah, that's what he is now. He's a forgotten. Uh, yeah. but, but it happens over and over. Yeah, and over. you can't throw the – Look at RG3. Look what happened to RG3. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's not a shame. Yeah, but he was also trying to be a rushing quarterback, and I don't think he had the frame, the core strength for that. You know, he got hit, 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 tore, you know, injured – and, uh, you know, he just never was the same after getting smashed. But um, anyways, moving forward, uh, Jimmy, man, welcome to the damn show. We've been dying I, I really to have wanted, you on. You I've been wanting to, to be in, you know, We've and been dying to have you on. I'll be solid with you from here on out. But, you know, complicated business getting here. But. We're all set, man. We're we're all rolling now. So, That's right. Uh, <laughs> no problem. I, I'm looking forward to uh, what what you've got next up. Are you are you analyzing the games? Are you talking about Jason Garrett or? Yeah, you you skipped over on Cowboys and Garrett there, homeboy. Yeah, I did a little um, homework yeah. on that. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, because because we we rolled into the bad calls between the Saints and the 49ers and and all that kind of rolled. But yeah, the Cowboys. I don't think it's official yet, but. Yeah. It's all out on the wire. Jason Garrett is going to be walking. And I don't know, with an owner like Jerry Jones, who's so outspoken and who has been so tough on coaches in the past, you know, if you don't take take the team to the playoffs, you're pretty much out. And Jason Garrett has gotten the longest leash I've ever seen a Cowboys coach get hey, what, in two, my life. Two playoff games. In, two in playoffs. my lifetime, at least. Uh, two playoffs. Uh, but he's, he's finally <laughs> 
Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. You're talking about playoffs? No playoffs for the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, this has been a long time coming, in my opinion. I think Garrett should have been gone years ago, but Jerry Jones, for some reason, really liked the guy, decided to keep him around, even though he wasn't producing. And then this year, you start out the NFL 2019 season. You have the hottest offense uh, that there is in the NFL. And then the second half of the season, you tanked. It was terrible. I don't know what happened. There was absolute dysfunction going on in the Dallas Cowboys. I think they should have fired him years ago. I don't understand why it's such a big deal and everyone's making a big deal about it. Everybody knew this was coming. So who's next? Who, who's it going to be, Urban Myers? Or uh, what's the guy yeah, from Oklahoma, uh, Riley Lincoln? Lincoln Riley? I heard Urban Myers going to Cleveland. That was just a rumor I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe well, Ma- it up. Uh, Mike McCarthy just took that. Just perfect. interviewed today or uh, yesterday for that position. Hmm. So that's going to be real interesting. Well, so Jerry, Cleveland hires Jerry's also and, he's uh, bringing his son up. I'm as assuming managing partner. So. That is also another dynamic as to who's really making the calls. Because Jerry, you're right, he doesn't tolerate. He he never would tolerate uh, this kind of dysfunction. No. How many years has he been there? Ten years. Ten. And and they've got two playoff wins or two playoff appearances. I think. <laughs> I think you're right. It's two playoff appearances. Yeah. That's not no, right. Yeah. That what wasn't it? The first round that Tony Romo fumbled the f- fumbled the field goal yeah. kick. Right, yeah, that's yeah, it. Two playoff appearances, wow. but they've never won a playoff. Well, that's, yeah. that's obvious. He's out, man. He's good. Yeah. You can be number one in offense, number nine in defense, and and not make the playoffs. That's coaching. It's coaching. But but it's going to be hilarious when Jerry Jones goes and finds his diamond in the rough, his savior, and, and he comes in and the Cowboys fall flat on their face next year. That I think Mike McCarthy should be an option for that particular position. Mike McCarthy knows what's up. He's been there before. Uh, I don't know if it's typical. I don't know if it's um, if it's the Cowboys' way, but Mike McCarthy is definitely somebody to think about when it comes to that Dallas Cowboys position. I can't see Urban Meyer. Uh, going from college to the NFL and taking over for an organization like the Dallas Cowboys. Um, So we're going to bring this episode to an end. And on the next episode, we're going to talk about this weekend's games and we're going to give our picks and we're going to enter into a gentleman's uh, bet that me and Tim have been talking about. And I know I talked to you about it uh, about a week ago, Jimmy. Um, we're going to bet the NFL playoffs, that, and uh, we're going to compete and see who has the best percentage on picking uh, the overs, the unders, yeah, yeah. and uh, each playoff you know, game. But they, they start playing you tomorrow, right? Jimmy? Yep. So we're going to end this episode, okay. and on the next episode, we'll talk about our gentleman's bet for the NFL playoffs. Thank you. And uh, so it's great to have you back on the show, Jimmy. Awesome, Tim. guys. This- yeah, this is fun. Pleasure as always. Right, later. And I'll catch you next time. Take episode. it easy.